Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What a revolt in development this is. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I'm your TV guide, Barb Hardly. And I'm also a senior reporter, producer for Decider.com. This week, I'm joined by Ethan Kay. Hello, Ethan. Hello, hello. Hi, Barb. Hi. So let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 a little change in format from the last time we recorded, but it's a welcome one. You look great. Yes. So I'm a drag queen now. Let's get that out, listeners. Uh, a lot has changed in the, I don't know, year. I don't know how long it's been, honestly, and I'm very embarrassed and sorry. Um. So, yes, I'm a drag queen now. My drag queen name is Barb Hardly. I'm still hosting the show as Brett White, I think. I don't, you know. Ask me questions, Ethan. I, I don't know where my, my my braid's at. Everyone knows Ethan. He's been on the podcast a bajillion times. I love going on the podcast. And I, I especially <laughs> love that I have the, a, the a level of input to say, hey, Brett slash Barb, do you want to do a completely forgotten about yet extremely mon- monumentally uh, expansive sitcom from the 1950s? Yes. And, and, and Barb's like, yeah, yes. I will take that suggestion. I'll take that note. <sighs> It is so. So I've been a drag queen for five weeks. So I'm still getting used to being called Barb when I'm in drag. And listeners, I am in drag right now. I am in full drag. It took me about three hours to get into this. Ethan, compliment me. It was. It, you look great, and the hair looks fantastic. <laughs> I know. I know. My but, new short hair. Yeah. Is 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 that a new wig? Yes, it's a new wig. I'm definitely not talented enough to cut the long one I have. I'm <laughs> honestly like it's a miracle this one looks presentable. Uh, I spent hours last night trying it's, to it's got a good jackie kennedy not. vibe and yes. with the purple dress as well uh i think that that's what you're giving off right now and you're green so we are coordinated oh yeah um yeah so so the reason barb hardly is my drag uh queen name um uh which uh, listeners i think you'll know the reference bob hartley barb hardly bob newhart show of course and since Barb is a sitcom queen, that's the vibe. She is the background character in those Mary Tyler Moore episodes. She's at the party, but she has no lines. Um, I, I I feel like there is a synergy to the podcast and my uh, newfound, like, sincere passion for uh, drag. I th- I'd say there's a direct, like, A to B connection. Between Barb Hardley and your love of sitcoms starring and guest starring people very much like Barb Hardley. Yeah. <laughs> now, w- so, before we started recording, we, we we said, you know, 
this is this is still the podcast that's 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 presented by Brett White, mm-hmm. but you are Barb Hardly, so I I feel more comfortable calling you Barb right now. Oh really? I do. Yeah. Oh this is, wow. I feel more this comfortable seems, with that. I mean, like again, I'm a new drag queen, so I'm like figuring all this stuff out. I mean, because on Drag Race, when they go on, we know none of their boy names or they are out of drag names. Um, yeah. Well, and, you said we could we could discuss this, and I'm kind of saying yes, like, I what? want let's, to. Let's just. Also, because listeners, it's been a while. <laughs> Your mileage may vary with different guests. You might have someone says, you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm going to go the opposite direction. But I, don't know. I mean, I guess it does make sense. I am in drag. I am she, her, Barb. It's yeah. Like, I'm respecting wow. the character. Wow. That's, yeah, who see, that's who I'm talking listen, to. Listeners, you're learning a lot. Also, Bob talk, Barb talks in a Southern accent, and I'm trying to figure out how much of that. It, if it comes out, it comes out. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, this is a, this is a development. So what I was going to say is there's video component now, listeners, I'm recording video of this because your girl spent hours putting on makeup and a whole lot of body. I am wearing a corset and at least three pairs of pantyhose right now. So, and you can't even see that. I can't even see the legs. I'm standing. I'm standing. So if, if we are doing this. Let me scoot my chair back. So this this will be part of the video. See, look, look at the body. Ethan, can you actually tell that I have a, a body here? Yes, I can't tell okay. about the pantyhose though. No, the, well, no. the, the dress is um, too long. Wait. Uh, okay. Oh, there you go. Oh, they're very high heels. Okay, we're good. So <laughs> very. So this is why you need to go to Instagram and <laughs> clock all the videos, uh, which will be going up. I honestly. All over the place. I'm. I have too many Instagram accounts. Barb Hardly must have seen TV. Brett White. I'm. I don't know. I need synergy. So we'll figure that out. So just go on Instagram. You'll see video. <laughs> um, oh yes. So thank you so much for being on for this uh, experimental return. Oh, this is great. I mean, we get to talk about. I mean, a. It's great to see you because, mm-hmm. like, we we now live in different parts of the state. So we don't get to see each other as much as as we'd where like as you, much as I'd like to. Where did you live when we last did? Because the last episode we did was um, the Ghost of Mister Chicken. What is that show called? No, no, we my favorite do, Martian. <laughs> we did my favorite Martian. I was I was living here in Westchester. Okay, I, well, I, I I recorded this sitting on the floor of my den because that's right. the only way we could have gotten a, a, a microphone on a table in front of a TV. Well, and now we're in your home office. Where I'm in my mm-hmm. home office. We've got you know a synergy going here. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to think if anything else has gone on, I don't, uh, gone on. I mean, I think the pandemic has gone on. It it continues to go on. And real talk. I mean, that is also why your girl is now a drag queen. (laughs) Hey, um, is because pandemic changed everybody. It, yes. Um, it is incredibly. So actually I will, uh, I will actually give the real reason why I'm a drag queen. I will talk about this uh, because I think Mm. it's very important. Um, I, uh, I, for my work, I cover uh, drag, drag race. This is Brett talking now because you can hear my normal voice. This is so weird. Um, for work, I cover drag race and I have for five years. And I have never once uh, thought about doing drag or becoming a drag queen or doing anything. Um, because I, I consider uh, my masculine presentation, it is drag. Uh, anytime you are putting on clothes that will then be seen by other Ethan, you're in drag now because I'm looking at you. You you made choices to put all of that on. 
And that is how you want to be perceived It is a performance of a masculinity that you're comfortable with and that you want to project. That's what drag is, people. It is uh, expressing uh, gender through performance. And so so when I put on a suit, that is also drag. And I've always considered that my drag. Gomez Adams is my you know male drag identity, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and then I... We, we, I went to Palm Springs, which just sounds so great. I went to Palm Springs and came back and dry clean. While we were in Palm Springs on vacation, um, this was around, this was, you know, Pride June. So drag queens were under attack, are still under attack by Republicans and conservatives who think that we are like uh, transgender strippers or something. Like that's what they want to call us. Uh, like they think that it's all sexual, that it's all et cetera. <sighs> um, and you know, proud boys were crashing, uh, drag queen story hours at libraries and all of that was happening. You know, we go to Palm Springs, we're there for a week. It is lovely. And then on the Friday we're in Palm Springs, Roe v. Wade is overturned. That was in the morning and it felt so like that, we found that out like what? 9am. Like that was an early morning because yeah. I was in LA. So it was three hours earlier. We get in the pool and I just blurt out to my two friends, I'm going to start doing drag when I get home. And it felt like this cosmic push uh, because it felt very YOLO. It felt very like, hmm, my marriage is going to probably be stricken down in the next five years. Uh, I'm kind of under no delusions that that's not going to happen in a way. Uh, And I think that like sobering, uh, admitting that and recognizing that is the only way I can fight it and like deal with it instead of like being in denial and then getting uh, crushed. Um, So I'll probably be a single lady at some point. Um, That's (laughs) not true. Um, (laughs) That's one of those weird little like, yeah, didn't 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 think that one was going to come up, but I on a technicality. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, so. And then I felt this. Uh, urge because I am a, I'm a cisgender uh, gay I'm a cisgender white gay man so in in the terms of like the queer community I have the most power um, because again like I present as masculine I think that people don't clock me as a homosexual he said looking like this <laughs> there's a very thin line between homosexual and very southern yeah so yeah. <laughs> um, so so it kind of came down to like I don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore and if all of my queer siblings are getting attacked for wearing uh, a dress and a wig and makeup then i want to put myself on the line and and i want every southern person i know i want all my southern family everyone from tennessee when i make my profile photo on facebook me and drag which it has been multiple times over the past month i want them to reckon with oh my god i know a drag queen now Mm. oh my god i know a drag queen it's brett brett's a drag queen oh my god like i want them to i don't know i want to be the face of drag for all these people who are ignorant and don't know what uh drag yeah. is um and it, it, it in and it's liberating like it has changed my entire like perspective on so much stuff it is becoming another person who is also more you than you normally are is a wild feeling <laughs> and you feel good and you feel good about it. You've yeah, it's, it's, it's something too, that, that you can keep you're you're keeping, you're continuing adding to by finding more accessories, finding more wigs, finding more dresses. That's the thing. Just be, it's expensive. It's, uh, <laughs> it's expensive. Yeah. But it is like, it's, it is also like, I mean, the world is going to hell. And instead of scrolling through Twitter, I'm now like, 
searching for sequin gowns on Amazon, which, you know, is better than scrolling through Twitter. That's that sends you. It makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah, so we're all co- um, we're all coping with the 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 collapse of society in our own in ways. ways. Uh, and I will also say this. Um, I have never in my life felt pretty before. Ethan, you came. So my birthday happened a week after I decided to become a drag queen and I decided to do a drag show in my apartment, invite my closest friends over uh, to just watch me put on dresses all night. And I have never felt pretty before. And there is something wild about feeling pretty. Ethan, have you ever felt pretty or no, beautiful? No, I, I, no, I have bad self-esteem. Exactly. Yeah, you should. <laughs> That's like, that came out very strange. Uh, <laughs> you should have like, bad self-esteem. But, but like when I when I did my makeup the second time and I took photos and drag makeup is more like stage makeup. So it looks better on camera and, uh, and for far away than it does up close. So I was like, I look horrible. And then I looked at the photos, no filter. And I was like, I'm pretty. Holy shit. I've never I, I felt pretty for the first time. Dainty and pretty. And like, you know, and those are feelings that I've Yay! never felt. And I think that January 6th wouldn't happen. It wouldn't have happened if more men allowed themselves to feel pretty. Once. That's true. If you would That's be okay with getting in touch with this side of yourself. And that, I, I, to jump on that weirdly, I'm going through a kind of a self-esteem crisis mm-hmm. where um, I'm finally seeing a therapist that yes, I need work. to- I need to work on my own self-worth and self-value and self-love that is not defined by acceptance and validation and uh, appreciation by other people. Yes. Granted, all of my my teens and my 20s were, look at me, look at me, give me attention because I don't like myself. And now I don't really have those outlets as much. Right. It's kind of turning inwards. It's not, yeah. it's not a good feeling. It's not good for, for anybody. So- that's my quest is to find ways to figure myself out that I like myself. Now, the ways that I'm doing it, I don't think are probably the most healthy, just buying a lot of SJ Perlman books and comic books <laughs> and ridiculous, just like things that I find and being like, oh, this is, this is part of my personality. But I hear what you're saying about like, there is a crisis of everybody feeling just very bad about themselves. We're, we're, yeah. there's so many, there's numerous reasons why we would numerous reasons why we do. And I, I like to think that at somewhere down the road, knowing that I have this goal, knowing that I have this problem that I need to work on, knowing that I am working on it. I hope that somewhere down the line, I'm going to feel good about myself like that. Be like, you know what? You'll, I am, yes, I'm absolutely. a valuable person, not for and something that I that I did, like an accomplishment, or because I am a people pleaser and I'm just trying to, you know, get on everyone's good side. I just want to like me for me. Yes, I mean, tough times. No, I mean, Ethan, I just hey, let's get serious. I have known you since 2007. 2007. <laughs> you're, I mean, you're my best friend. You're one of my, you're one yeah. of my like handful of best friends and you are valuable and you are handsome and funny. Um, and, and, and we, we go together like a bombship. What did I, I what did I, I actually have no idea what, how those lyrics go. I was, I was, some for some reason I got a link to a Spanish language version of the Grease soundtrack, and I was listening to that, being like, "This is damn good." 
everybody's <laughs> everybody's singing their asses off. This is hell yeah. So, so now I have a, I have a playlist on Spotify of like all my favorite stuff, and there are a couple Spanish grease tracks on there because you know what, you know what, music's music. I like it. Yes. Um, yeah, so that is the status quo that we are going into this new era of must-have seen TV in. <laughs> Brett's where... feeling good about himself. Ethan's not. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, <laughs> where I will... Uh, I mean, my plan right now is for us to do this every Wednesday, and I'm going to get in drag every Wednesday, and we're going to do a video. And like, we will, we'll, we'll explore this. You know, is the podcast hosted by Barb now? Listeners, what? Well, actually, I don't know if I'm I want to know what the Barb. listeners think. Yes, please. I'm so, saying Barb. Yeah. So let's uh, want to jump into what we're doing today. Sure. Um, this week, ooh, loading. We're traveling to January second, nineteen fifty-three. The bad and the beautiful rule the box office. I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus by Jimmy Boyd top the charts, and NBC aired the Life of Riley episode Babs's School Election. Ethan, you must have seen Babs's School Election before today. I have not. Well, I I saw you it twice for the for the episode <laughs> for the episode I saw I saw it a couple of, like uh, maybe two months ago when when we were originally planning to do this and I'm like, okay, this is this is straight up American sitcom 1950, no frills, you know. This is what it was before Lucy changed everything. Like this the, is you know, Life of Riley uh, was a vehicle for one man, and that man was William Bendix, who basically is ben Grimm as the thing if he lived in suburbia wasn't covered in rocks and had a family well he even says what a revolt on development which is a thing catchphrase right it, which like, he pulled from yes which they pulled like, from and like he does, Riley. he looks like the, he also looks a bit like lionel stander max from uh, heart to heart so oh oh yes yes <laughs> he does that you are right you are right um, but so it was a radio show first in the forties. So I can I can give you some a little yes. a little bit of the background on that. This was a hit radio show that lasted. Um, I, I pulled it up. The radio show went from nineteen forty four to nineteen fifty one. So that's however many that is. That's that's a ton of shows. That's probably like five hundred. That's probably a bajillion episodes back then. Yeah, William, they didn't well, have anything else to do except make episodes. Yeah, well, here's the here's the catch too. And kick cans down the street. <laughs> <laughs> well, t- initially, um, Groucho Marx was was approached, say, "Would you like to do Life of Riley? It's the story of uh, a lovable but inept dad and the family that supports him." And Groucho's people or Groucho was like, "No, it's it's just it's a straight it's pretty much a straight role. It's not a Groucho role." Hmm. So they looked for someone else, and they found William Bendix. Um, he hadn't, he hadn't done a lot. He'd done, done a little bit of stuff. And so he got on the radio show, 1944 to 1951. He starred in the film version of life of Riley in ni- 1949. Oh. Um, but then they're like, we want to do a TV show of life of Riley. And Bendix is like, I've got all these film commitments, including the movie version of life of Riley, which you, which, you, which I'm happy which, to do. Don't you know about? Yeah. Like- <laughs> so he's like, I don't, I have too many things to do. So he's uh, some of his film credits include Alfred Hitchcock's lifeboat. Oh, um, okay. Uh, Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's court starring Bing Crosby, which is like my third favorite movie. It's just, just fun, pleasant stuff. And his big starring role in the Babe Ruth story, 
considered one of as an umpire. What if he? What if he has, didn't play Babe Ruth? Like, what's, <laughs> nah, I, I wouldn't have mentioned it. <laughs> but he he played Babe Ruth in what is considered like the worst sports movie ever made, and oh, one wow. of the worst movies ever made. Oh, need to see. Um, it. I'm really interested to see. This is the one where where he visits the kid in the hospital, and they're like, "Can you hit a home run for me, Babe?" Oh, like on Seinfeld, like, you yeah. at the bottom of the. Yeah, like that's the whole thing. Like he picks up where it's going to be and what inning, and like uh, there's also a scene where where a kid uh, in, on crutches sees him playing baseball and he throws the crutches away. Like it's so it's just he, hey Bruce, Jesus, hero thing. worship. <laughs> so so he can't do the TV show. So who do they get? Jackie Gleason before the honeymooners. Wild. They get Jackie Jackie Gleason. He was he had been doing. Um, he, he was he was like a, a sketch comedy player. So they, they have like, you know, the Frank Sinatra show and he'd be like a regular player on that. Um, there was a cavalcade of stars. That was a one oh, he, he was yeah. on like so many dozens stars, of episodes, including Jack Leeson. So they're like, this will be a big, you know, starring TV break for you. They get through 26 episodes. Fans recognize he's not as good as William Bendix. No one's really interested. They they hold off for, I think, two years and they get Bendix back. Oh, good. To, to do the live show. Uh, they also do a radio version of the movie that he was in. But uh, so Life of Riley lasted. Most people have not heard of the show. It lasted 219 episodes That's from insane. 1953 to 1958. So when you say Life of Riley to me, I think of Charles Nelson Riley's one man show. Hmm. That he did on off Broadway or whatever that I have on Blu-ray that is very good, um, but like that there's is also, Life of Riley that I know about. Well, and then also a, I think oh. isn't it, it's like isn't it like a turn a catch for like a turn of phrase yeah. like you're living the life of Riley? What is that? yeah? It's just a life of ease, a life of like if someone wins the lottery and doesn't have to work, they can say, oh, he's living the life of Riley. He's he, he's just doesn't have to worry about anything. Um, Language is weird. Yeah. Yeah, especially like language that becomes sitcoms. There was also another Life of Riley series that had nothing to do with the characters. Uh, uh, Very forgettable. It was the life of Philio Farnsworth or something like that. But it's like Life of Riley was big. Yeah. Radio show for like 10 years. Coming back. Movies. That's wild. Two TV shows. They they even had a comic book. There was an issue of like uh, Dell that was like. And so. So yeah, I did buy. So, so also in the interim, uh, listeners, I did. I bought an issue of Hogan's Heroes. Um, I bought a Get Smart Lucy show and Hogan's Heroes comics, and they're over there somewhere. We got to find the I'm Dickens. He's Fenster comics. Uh, oh, do I? I didn't buy one. No, because they're. I think they're kind of expensive. Weirdly, <laughs> some of those like old ones are kind yeah. of expensive. Yeah, I'm yeah, kind of surprised at some of those prices. So that's William um, Bendix. William Bendix did all this. Um, he was off TV for a while. He was, he, they tried to do a backdoor pilot in Mr. Ed starring him. <laughs> that didn't work. Uh, what was he? What was like, was there was an, ep- yeah, there was an episode. It was like Pine Brook Lodge or something like that, where they all go on vacation to this little cabin in the woods, this little like hotel in the woods. And William Bendix is the proprietor and he's, you know, goofy or whatever. And they wanted it to be uh, a spinoff being about this Pine Brook Lodge. I think it's called Pine Brook Lodge. I forget. Love. But it was just one of those that, you know, was nice enough, but didn't go anywhere. We should do a so, month of backdoor pilots. 
Oh, that'd be fantastic. Those are wild. The empty nest one on Golden Girls, that's wild. Um, Yeah, like this is, it also blows my mind to think, because we're going to get into it, but um, what's his name? Something Riley? Chester Riley? Chester Riley. Oh, oh, wow. I was guessing with Chester and I got that right. Chester. Must be subliminal. Um, I had to double, double check it. It's, he doesn't, it seems like it has to be a William Bendix character. Yeah. Otherwise, why is it? It's almost as like if Dick Van Dyke left the Dick Van Dyke show and they got Jackie Gleason. <laughs> because like it doesn't like it doesn't like Chester Riley there. I can't there's not really a definable characteristic other than he's William Bendix. And he's got a Brooklyn accent. Yeah. So like, like that's to, the, like, oh, that's the thing. You know, you know, we got to fix up to this. The whole point of the show was he, he would have he had the best of intentions and he screwed things up and he dropped the ball. And his friends came and helped him out. And his family always forgave him when he just messed things up. That was the whole thing. Well-meaning, well, but inept. Like the Democrats. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> well, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we're talking about the Life of Rally episode, Babs' School Election. It is the first episode of season one. So we're dealing with a ser- series premiere here. Um, except not because it was on for like eight years on the radio. <laughs> um, and it was written by Nathaniel Curtis and directed by Abby Berlin, who is a man. Here's how Tubi describes the episode. Riley overreacts when faced with surgery. Ethan, how well does that describe the episode? Not at all. I think you're not reading the wrong. <laughs> you're reading no, the wrong like that, that is the one. There's only so I so whoever's doing the copy editing on Tubi doesn't understand uh Tubi. got that wrong. Tubi, by the way, only has two episodes of the mm-hmm. William Bendix run and the entire 26 episodes of the Jackie Gleason run. What's going on with that William Bendix estate? Was well, that's a good <laughs> question. got that ironclad. I hope those ex- episodes like still exist. They're not like oh, vanished or anything. Yeah, you got the kinescopes getting trashed. I don't know. It's uh, be- so it's I before the up, honeymooners. When I saw Abby Berlin, I was like, oh, my God, a woman directing a TV show at this time because that was rare. Um except for Hayden work connection. Uh, oh my God. What was the name of this? Mr. Oh, uh, Mr. Adams and Eve was the first sitcom Hayden was ever on. And it was played by Howard Duff and Ida Lupino. Ida Lupino being a notable old Hollywood movie director, like one mm. of the only women to direct movies. Um, yeah. And so he Hayden played their manager and they basically like played themselves as like an acting couple. And Hayden was their manager. Um yeah, so I was like, oh, my God, Abby Berlin, a woman. No, it's a man. Abby's a man's name back then. You know what? That's life. Sometimes good, that good happens. For him. Or, for I, him. Mean, on, I don't know his gender expression. I'm a drag queen here um, assigning strict gender <laughs> assignations I'm just, to I'm Abby just happy Berlin. That so, I'm just happy that someone was able to get a job in Hollywood mm-hmm. and support you know, themselves and maybe a family. It's, it's so, hard out there. If you were uh, an intern at Tubi, and you're you're a 19 year old intern at Tubi, and you are tasked with writing synopses for the life of Riley on the streaming service, and you're doing this for college credit and like a little <laughs> bit of money, like minimum wage. What do you write? Do you write say, Riley connect overreactive facial <laughs> surgery? No, I would say Riley. I had this. Um, Riley over. Hmm, no, it's it's something like uh, Riley overreacts when helping Babs win the student election. Mm-hmm. Babs is his uh, eldest daughter. We only has two kids, and there's a yes, daughter and a son. Babs and Junior. Oh, and what is her name? Her her name is like Lurleen, the actress that plays Babs. Like her I'm name gonna look is. That. 
something gotta wild. Look that up now. So listeners, here's um my my secret shame is that the way my schedule played out today, uh, I was not able to take notes on this episode. <laughs> I watched it about four or five times while I was getting into drag. So I tried. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I can I can probably start it off. Uh, it starts off with uh, William Bendix in the kitchen with with the family giving a very stirring motivational Ooh. election speech. It weirdly starts off with a narrator explaining what elections are. Oh, it does. Like, what is that? <laughs> and it, and, I, and it, it, it has a lot of stock footage of people going to ballots. Yes. And, and people giving speeches. Um, and then they're like, and now our like local, like hardworking friend is whatever. <laughs> I, well, one thing I liked about it too is that they introduced the cast, uh-huh. like it's a play, like it's a play, like you're reading That's like what old sitcoms a play. used to be. Like, I, I mean, love I Love them. Lucy starts with like Lucille Ball, Desi Arnaz, with like they they with used William to William Bendix as Chester A. Riley. Yeah, that sounds like a president. Oh, I guess Chester A. Arthur. Um, oh, the name the name you were looking for is Lugene Sanders as Babs Riley. she's still alive. Oh wow! Holy she was born in I believe she was born in 1934. She is wow. still alive. So so yeah, she is running for class president of her college. freshman freshman class president. So the whole notion of college. Okay, first of all, it is wild that they started the show with the daughter being in college already. Yeah, because that's she, usually the yeah. She you looks mid twenties. Me, oh <laughs> yes. really? Because I was like, you could have told me she was. Well, I also was uh, putting on makeup, so maybe I didn't really get a good look at her face because <laughs> uh, I was like, she looks 16. <laughs> I think Junior looks pretty young. And over the course of the, the show, like he adds five years, he adds like a foot and a half. Yeah, like, there's some pictures of the later episodes where like, oh, they're all the same height. <laughs> <laughs> so she is she's trying to become a class president of her freshman year of college because I guess like she's an overachiever because like who cares in college? who cares but i guess they cared then uh, one of the issues that she was running into was that her her opponent helen helene bidwell helen mm-hmm. bidwell uh is very popular and which, her dad owns a bank her right dad owns and could give her bank. money was he dipping into other yes. people's savings accounts to give the because yeah because he was like he whatever is, her what dad's doing i'll i'll do it too and she's like well, he gave her a hundred dollars and it's like oh no way well, I can't give you a hundred dollars, but uh, what, what, what was weird to me was that a freshman, an incoming freshman is popular enough to swing a vote. Like I was a freshman. I didn't know anybody. Well, I, I was not a if, popular person. No one was popular. You're still getting if to know she everybody. Went to the the same, if, if they went to like the same high school, like if it was like, M- like I went to MTSU and a lot of my high school friends went to MTSU or well, high school acquaintances and friends went to MTSU. So maybe, maybe it's like residual leftovers residual. from small town kind of, kind of. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, but he wants to help her cause he's a good dad. That's his whole character game is he's dude, Mr. A plus dad time. Yeah. His, his <laughs> character, his, his character game is I want to be the best dad, the best head husband, best father, and I will go to stupid lengths because I'm pretty, I'm a dumb oaf dude and I will make mistakes, but they're all out of love and I might be a little forceful, but <laughs> I, you know, my heart's in the right place, which I can relate to. I, I screw up all the time, but my heart's in the right place. <laughs> well, and this is interrupted <laughs> because someone comes 
does his, his friend comes to get him for work. Yeah, his, his friend, uh, Jim Gillis, played by uh, Tom DeAndrea. Um, mm-hmm. He was a character. He was an actor from the radio show. So they got mm-hmm. him working there as well. Um, interestingly enough, there were t- there were a couple best friends uh, from from <laughs> the series. He couldn't even keep friends. There was there was uh, J- uh, Jim Gillis. And then there was the grave digger. What? Uh, there was a grave digger named. I want to. I'm trying to find it. His name was Digger something. Um, but what the way it played off was um, Jim Gillis would give bad advice, where Digger would be the one who dug him out of the hole and gave him good advice. Metaphors, but. but uh, the guy who played Digger was blacklisted in the 1950s, so he couldn't do the TV show. So he just had the bad advice of Jim Oh, Gillis. no. And that is the <laughs> worst thing up. the blacklist did. <laughs> yeah, the worst. I'm, yeah, I'm not familiar with it. I, I'll take your word on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so wait, what is their job? Okay, two questions. What is their job and where do they live? These are the questions that come up during this scene for me. I did so much background research. I know all this stuff. I don't know where they live, but they were uh, they were riveters at an airplane company. Because he says, because he's like talking about like I want to help my da- I want to help my daughter. Um, and <laughs> but he says like, oh, there's this guy I knew, uh, Honest Ed Feeney, and I knew him back in Brooklyn, which infers that like he's out here. He says like he's out here now. And so I'm like, well, where is here? Are they upstate? Are they on Long Island? Are they in? That's a LA? good question. I think he's still close. That's. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a quick check and look up Right Life O'Reilly uh, and see where it was. I'm gonna edit this out. No, there is no um, editing on this era of must have seen TV. Um, oh, we're we're doing that. <laughs> we're doing this live. We're doing, doing it live. No. Um, yeah. So like they're hanging out, just being like boy pals. Not gal oh, in California. They're they're in California now. That's where they're supposed to be. I feel like you can make so much hay out of that. You could because he's a guy from Brooklyn out in California now. Like I want to see more fish out of water stuff. I'm sure that is what future episodes are all about. Fish out of water. Yeah, which and as I'm wondering, to, where's Digger? <laughs> yeah, somebody like the, Digger all the fans make of it Digger are like the, the entire like. Grave diggers are like, we're finally seen. We have a character. <laughs> and then, oh, no, where's Digger? Um, nope. No, no, no. So so basically, he's like, I want to help out my daughter. Um, uh, and he was he, he basically like remembers this, this shady ass motherfucker. This, this shady mafioso. Dude. Straight up. This is like, this is, this is, um, He's a he's like one of those local politicians. He's very slimy. He's one of the you can tell he, he called in a lot of favors to get elected. And then he when when Riley goes over to talk to him, he's like, I never forget a friend. You helped me get elected, but they threw me out because I was corrupt. Well, so he was impeached because he was, was collecting the garbage country. and then selling it back to the city. I don't know what it was. Yeah, that's what handles were different back then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so, so the first thing he says is like, cause you, you know, you helped me. I remember how you helped me out. And it's like, oh my God, what did Chester A. Riley do? <laughs> Was he a hitman? Right. Because the next thing is like, oh, do you want me to 
whack this guy? <laughs> the dad of, of the competition. Can I tell you a fun story real quick? Yes. My uncle, my great uncle, Dave, was one of those tough guys back in Philadelphia in the 1950s and 60s. He was like, he was like one of those like uh, district leaders where like he, he, he was a, he was a private detective, but he also kind of like worked a little bit on the side doing that whole, like, Hey, you, you pay me enough money. I'll get all these people to vote for you. I'll get my whole district to vote for you through threats of coercion. Are we, are, are we turning into a true crime podcast? <laughs> oh yeah. Just talk about my uncle Dave. <laughs> yeah. So like, so now we have the crime element, like uh, Mr. Riley yeah. has gone to get some help to like well and it starts off with like so wait so your daughter's like running for congress and he's like no president they're like uh it's not an election year it's like college president sure <laughs> i'm gonna and then uh, honestly fading space is like congress college freshman president same thing i'm I'll, gonna i'll rig, rig them all i'll rig <laughs> you give it to me i'll rig it and so, so the, the rigging oh my god what a plan the rigging is it just shows how flimsy elections were back in the 1950s, where the election is you 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 go to a booth, you show your ID card, you say what major you are, and they give you a ballot. Yeah. So Honest Ed Feeney has a great idea where he gets two of his thugs to dress up like college students. One of them is played by uh, uncredited Feeney's big goon, played by Henry Kalki. 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 Anyway, continue. <laughs> he did actually, uh, Henry Kalki, I'm looking, he did 45 episodes of um, Life, Life of Riley. Wait, so he's just like every single episode, Riley has a different old mob friend and just like, <laughs> yeah, just, you know, works work. <laughs> I, I want to watch more of these episodes. I want to find out <laughs> if that's true. Um, so he, he, he gets these, he gets these, these, these big uh, tough guys um, much older than college students to dress up like college students, yeah. which is um, uh, corduroy jackets, tweed jackets, and yeah. <laughs> a little a little hat, which I remember is called a dink. A dink. Which a lot of uh, college freshmen would wear it before they, as when they were pledging a fraternity, they'd have to wear this little stupid hat. You can, I think, they, you can see it in, in Animal House. They wear the stupid little hats called. There were dinks. a lot of stupid little hats back then. Jughead. Jughead had the best stupid hat. <laughs> Jughead, Jughead's hat was a regular hat with the brim torn turned inside out. Yeah. Which is just so, ingenious. That's what you did in the, in the, in the depression it was great. So he, so his whole thing is like, go up, you know, get a ballot and then fill it out and just keep doing that. Get back in line. Yeah. Just change your name, change your major criminal mastermind. Yes. Very <laughs> low level criminal mastermind. Yeah. They did threaten to kill somebody, but they this is I would have hated to see their murder plan. <laughs> just like, oh, murder, like just stab him, throw him in a trunk, put the car in the river. <laughs> I'm gonna dress like somebody else. Who? <laughs> I guy who looks like me, but he doesn't dress like me. Oh okay. a mustache. Oh, by the way, <laughs> listeners, uh, I still have a mustache. I'm a mustache uh drag queen, but I try to cover it in foundation like Cesar Romero's Joker. So tribute honor honor your your gay uh history uh, <laughs> uh icons um so then uh the problem comes when mr riley shows up and he's like i want to know but he he like wants to like get an advance 
like he wants a poll basically he wants like an exit poll or something yeah so he starts harassing people and he runs into one of the fake students the the shorter of the fake students um who who claims he's an he's a train he's studying train engineering <laughs> yeah i'm an engineer what trains <laughs> which is legitimate uh yeah train engineering i may probably was even a major back then um the giant henry Kulky also was an astronomy major i thought yeah. that was fun uh, well, and the then, only guy who's bigger and and oafier than William Bendix is Henry Kulk. <laughs> Show the of daughter us. shows up and she is she's clocked on to the whole scheme. She's like, I know that guy is doesn't go here. She isn't like that guy is obviously 50 years old. <laughs> she's <laughs> just like, I know he doesn't go here. And I think he's gone through uh, the line already. Yeah, they went through the line several times. So that's how they're that's how they're getting the votes. Um, Babs is very upset because she she wanted to win or lose fair and square. And Riley comes up with with my favorite line of the episode, which was, "Someday you'll have kids of your own. Then you'll know what it's like to be a father." Yeah. <laughs> so, like, in order to make his daughter happy, he busts up the scheme, and you know, he just busted up his scheme. That's the scheme that he hired them to run. Uh, and so the, the goons are like, screw this. So his wife, Peg, finds out because Bab tells him that tells her tells her. So William Bendix, I, I just want to keep calling him Bendix. Uh, William think, Bendix. Yeah, you got to Bendix. Bendix. He is. It's a cool name. The, Bendix. Brian Michael Bendix. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they he, they all go home. We, 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 we fast forward. I just want to point out too, this was a, a series, an episode, maybe it was just because it was the pilot episode, had a lot of locations and a lot of uh, angles on those locations. Yeah. Because so far we have seen the kitchen, the exterior of the house in the, in the, in the open, the establishing shot, the bus stop, Ed Feeney's office. Yes. The, the college, we go back to the house. We see the kitchen now from the outside because because Riley has to he's too afraid to go inside. He's standing outside. Um, later, we see two interior, three interior rooms of the house. We see the yeah. front porch of the house. <laughs> uh, and then and at the end, we see another location, which will. this is a big away. budget. This is a big budget show. They were like, all of our money is going in to life two, of Riley. 219 which- episodes. As as we've as we now know, like prior, um, what prior awareness is a big important part with IP. So they were like, "This is a sure thing." It's a sure thing. Already knows. <laughs> uh, uh, just a, as a comparison, two hundred nineteen episodes versus one hundred and forty-five for Mister Ed. Oh, versus yeah. one versus one hundred thirty-nine for I Dream of Jeannie. Sixty-four for Adam's Family. One hundred five for one hundred eight for Patty Duke. One hundred five. Two hundred four for for Father's Knows Best. I I, I looked at these up. Leave it to Beaver only had 236. Oh, wow. R.I.P. Tony Dow. Yeah. We're just a couple days out from the death of of Tony Dow. (laughs) Um, So, like, he's back and he's like, I'm afraid. He's he's afraid to go in and, like, talk to his wife because they're like, hey, I mean, hey, if she is, she's holding a towel, you're fine. But if she's holding a frying pan, (laughs) you know, uh, is this where? So then there's like a whole his his son. His son seems kind of like a doofball. I think he's kind of like a doofball hustler. Okay. 
where where Riley's like, oh, you, you got to go inside and make me a sandwich or something. I'm so happy. And the kid's like, I can feed you these old potato peels, which yeah. I'm supposed to throw away. And he's like, I don't want to eat the potato peels. And the kid's like, you're not going to eat anything else if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> so he doesn't uh, want to eat the potato peels. But, oh, my God. what ha- So, like, so he, he the tries scene to bribe- ends with him getting a sandwich on the head, right? <laughs> yeah, because he bribes Junior with 50 cents. Like I said, he's a hustler. Mm-hmm. 50 cents to make him a sandwich. Um, the mom, Peg, sees Junior talking through the window at some at someone, says, what are you talking to? And, and Riley's like, say it's the cat. And he's <laughs> and he's like, we don't have a cat. Or like, he, She's like, well, there's Junior no cat in this neighborhood. Cat. And then meow. <laughs> and he gets Index. the sandwich thrown on him. And that's the end of this end of the scene. Um. <laughs> but then so like then his friend so his friend gillis i do wonder what kind of advice digger would have given him because gillis is like well Don't you need do to like any of this yeah like you need to promise the people something like you can't just ask for votes you have to bribe them you have to like make so that's his next big idea and another location they were at the uh the airplane oh yeah plant. Jeez. so many locations oh and there's there's also a location at the college where he's like talking to the football player or something yeah like, so a, like a the field so the promise is and this is as as a father you should never do this if you vote for my daughter you can go to the prom with her oh so two things um he says the promenade which i'm like oh that's what prom is short for okay. oh yeah okay promenade and a second college Prom? Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, excuse me? Like, Barb, Barb, I gotta ask, what kind of events did you have at your college? Well, back when I went to college in uh, Tuscaloosa, uh, (laughs) I was there undercover, though, because, you know, Rocky Top, I'll always be. So I was mostly there as an espionage to try and ruin their college football team. So that's what mostly what I did. Hiding in lockers, putting itching powder in jock straps, getting to the little undercarriage area of buses, and then waking <laughs> up who knows where, and then slashing the tires and then realizing, oh, God, how am I going to get home? Um, wait, what was the question again? I didn't go to any dances. What did? Well, okay, that's the thing. You didn't go to any dances. No, there, no, Brett didn't either. Because who, who, who goes to a dance in college? I know we had we had a Halloween kind of thing where there was a DJ and everyone dressed up, so people danced at that. Wow. We also had Scalloween, where ska bands played. <laughs> we got uh, Big D in the kids' table. Um, oh, some of the, some of the good, and there was a local ska band called Eight Ounce Joe that played all of our events. Eight Ounce Joe <laughs> from uh, from uh, uh, I forget, just like the neighboring town over. So this little like hometown ska band. Well, what's funny is like he goes up to the first kid and they're like, "Do you have a date for prom?" He's like, "No." Oh God, I can. I just dropped my phone. Um, I can guarantee you like a date with the hottest girl or something. And it is like, who? And it's like the girl Babs. I want you to vote for her. Uh, and his, his point of assurance is like, no, <laughs> I'm her dad. Uh, obviously. Like I'm not lying. I've got the connections. Cause I'm her dad. Yeah. Which is again, like you said, a weird thing for a father to do. He's essentially pimping her out. Is that a horrible way to put it? It's, it's a very is accurate, accurate, horrible, way? but accurate way. <laughs> but remember, 
he's really dumb. He's really yes. dumb. He's yeah. so dumb. He, he's he's just so dumb. His heart's in the right place, but the follow through. So then he 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 decides to uh, photocopy this this tactic by going up to various other people on campus and saying, "Hey, you can date my daughter," which was me yeah. actually just doing a Danny DeVito voice instead of <laughs> William Bendix voice. Oh, I would like a nineteen fifties uh, "It's Always Sunny" where William Bendix is playing. <laughs> The gang gets great. Babs elected. The gang gets Babs elected. Uh, so he does this like multiple people because he's like, I've got to like take into account the independent vote. I've got like he's crunching numbers. We say he's stupid, but he's a pollster. And he he ha- he thinks he has an ace in the hole yes. by not giving out his address or phone number. Yeah, they're like, because he's like, well, you know, he says, uh, yeah, Babs will call you. Instead of like having them come over, and he's like smart, genius, um, so good at this. This plan is brilliant. The night of the prom comes. Babs and- wasn't going to go because she was feeling a little shy that she her dad tried to rig the election. He got found. Well, and she's out. also she is convinced. I've lost. It's over. I'm a freshman. I, why am I even going to college anymore? I'm gonna forget my career. Uh, I'm just gonna sulk in my bedroom. Babs, yeah. Babs uh, is annoying. <laughs> Her scream, she screams and cries a lot in this episode. And even like a junior makes fun of her because the mom's like, go, why don't you go like try and cheer her up? And she, he's like, no, she just tells me to go away. <laughs> very. And I, what I liked about her, too, is that they got uh, uh, in Lugene Sanders as Babs. They got someone who could feasibly be the daughter of uh, the actress who plays Peg, Marjorie Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Um, they look very, very similar. Um, so I think that was a very good casting choice. Marjorie Reynolds had been doing acting since she was five. If you check out her oh, IMDb wow. credits, it's just it goes on forever because she just did like she'd do like seven movies a year as just like a bit studio player. Lou Jean uh, just did this basically. Lou Jean. Oh, she's good. She does. You know, she, she does very 140 well. episodes. You know, she's, she's uh, got it. Got it made. Um, so yeah, now, but like, they're like, okay, well I'm going to go to prom with George. Like, it's going to be nice. It's going to be cute. Uh, George, George is kind of her steady, her, her regular boyfriend. Yeah. Well, and then, so this is when Riley comes home uh, and he's like, you won, I guess, because he like hung around the college. It's like, I got to wait for the election (laughs) results to pop up. (laughs) And he tells him like, you won by a landslide, one vote, plurality. (laughs) So she's very happy. She's feeling pretty good. And then the doorbell rings. Dun, dun, dun. Because this is uh 1952 or whatever and chester a riley forgot about a newfangled invention called the telephone book because all of these these folks who were promised uh a free promenade with babs all got the same idea looking them up in the phone book yeah finding <laughs> just showing up so they're like she never called so we just which you know you want to go get her in a man you know, you you want to go get her in a man. You want a man that even when you don't call them, they'll still show up. They'll mm. stalk you and come out of nowhere and knock. Yeah, that's what I want. All of the boys keep coming for me. Good natured um, 50s stalking. Yeah. And so and then they just keep 
uh, coming just uh, a lot. I mean, he got enough votes for her to uh, win the election. So <laughs> and there's, a, so there's lot. a lot. So they're they're putting the guys in the downstairs. They're putting them in the bedroom. They're putting them in the bathroom. There's and- a little fun moment of like teamwork between Junior and Riley where it's like, you got to No, I'm all full over here. You're like <laughs> the bedroom's full. <laughs> they had a fun exchange, too, where he looks out the window, and goes, Oh, now we got eight of them. And Junior goes, I'm counting 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a goofy then, little so, joke. So while Babs is getting ready, she's like, what? She like needs her watch or something or her ring or she's like, forget something. Her, so, oh, it's her, in the bathroom. her watch. Her watch is okay. in the bathroom. And so she opens, and she the, opens door. the door. Oh, boy, can you imagine? She opens the door. She's like, man. I mean, <laughs> I remember they all, I would love to open the door and see just a bunch of men in my bathroom. They're all gentlemen because they all stand up and adjust their ties. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, ma'am. <laughs> man, the 50s were different. The 50s um, were something else. What can I say? And so she's, of course, starts screaming at the top of her lungs because that's like her go to move is just to be uh, in hysterics. Uh, and uh, th- th- he, she finds out what happened. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Riley has to come clean. Um, and there's the, the guys all start fighting. Yes, they all start fighting because they all want to go with her. And she's like, uh, F, no, I got my dude here. I'm, I'm already booed up and we're going to the prom. So peace out deuces you jerks that's the kind of babs i want to see i want to see that babs so in the end she wins the election goes to the promenade with the guy that she likes and real well the uh, i was gonna say no harm no foul but the riot the the, the fight in the living room actually destroys all the furniture yes and well so just before we get to the before we get to the little stinger coda i do want to know why is there no talk of babs giving up her rigged win is she really going to assume office after it is so clear that there was election tampering? Clear election tampering. Yes, admitted. But, and I hate to be the, the devil's advocate, but it was it was made clear in the first scene that her rival, Helen, was taking the boys, t- giving, taking the girls out to lunch and giving yes. the boys key rings. So there was a little quid pro, pro quo on both sides of the election. It was a key dirty rings. college election. Nowadays, you give me a key ring and I'm like, God, okay, just toss it in the pile of other key rings. Yeah. Back then, kind of like, oh, ooh. like enamel pins. You know, you can get enamel pins everywhere. Now. Or, or, okay, if, the things that pre- that networks and streaming services love to send press are mugs, uh, heated mugs, blankets. So I have a s- pile of blankets. Ooh. It is it's uh it's a lot. Um, so the the solution is uh, Chester is like, oh hey, oh hey, pig. like if they go to a movie, they're like, oh, we're gonna go out on a date. Uh, but. He's also got to buy 37 other tickets for the boys because what else are they going to do? He's got to like, he's got to basically stop the riot and he bribes them with going to see a movie. Yeah. After, after admitting that fixing the entire living room is going to cost $400 that they do not have. And he offers to glue some of the furniture together because he's a helpful of. I mean, and I just moved, so I understand the plight. Uh, yeah, this is a new home office I'm coming to y'all from. A lot of changes in our lives uh, since last we talked. <laughs> Things. Th- I'm at, I'm at a new job. I'm no longer working in Boston. See? Yeah. Things change. 
my cat doesn't have ringworm anymore. Hey, good times. Uh, we have a dining room table. Holy this shit. This is the first dining room table I have ever owned. I am 38 years old, <laughs> but that is nice. New York City for you. Dining room tables are a luxury, honey. Um, dining rooms are a luxury. Yeah, we actually have dining room space. So love that's, it. That's wild. Barb's moving, uh, Barb's moving up in the world. Um, so, yeah, that is the uh, life of Riley. Uh, <laughs> Riley, starring William Bendix. William Bendix. Uh, Ethan, are you ready for some must have facts? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Give <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. <laughs> um, you're probably actually going to have a lot more must FX than I do, or you've been uh, delivering them all episode long. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so so Life of Raleigh was a hit, which makes sense because it was on the radio forever. And people were like, oh, my God, it's a TV show. Uh, we got to make sure we're home. Starring the like, original Riley. The original. Cat. Oh, God. Set the TiVo. What TiVo doesn't exist? Oh, boy. Um, it was uh, number 16 for the season. I had a 37.4 rating, which is crazy. And uh, but Lucy had like a 60 something. So like. You know, uh, Lucy, because Lucy was the number one show. Do you want to know what the top five shows were for the season? Yeah. Were they all Life of Riley? No, it was number six. Different time slots. So number five was the Texaco Star Theater. Number four was Dragnet. Which, how much Dragnet have you watched? Zero. Really? Zero. I've never seen a Dragnet. The, The closest I've ever seen was they took a still shot of just a scene from it at that took place at a newsstand. And some noticed that amazing fantasy 15 was multiple copies. That's just what the set dressing was. Multiple copies of the first appearance of Spider-Man oh just God. appear in the background of this one just shot. Sh- and chuck them <laughs> and toss them in the trash. We got to turn this set over. <laughs> Leave it to beavers coming in. Um, no, I'd be like uh, his girl. No. Um, oh God. Uh, December bride. Um, so, yeah, no, I watched a lot of Dragnet because it was one of the shows that was on Nick at Night when I was a kid. So I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of Dragnet. Uh, number three was Arthur Godfrey and his friends. Mm. And number two was Arthur Godfrey's talent scouts. We've got to talk about Arthur Godfrey's monopoly on entertainment in 1952. I don't know enough about him. I just remember he was. Didn't he play a, a ukulele? Wasn't that his shtick? I mean, Tiny Tim. I, I don't know. I don't uh, and then. The number one show was, of course, I Love Lucy. So I Love Lucy's already there. It is defining the game 
while shows like Life of Riley are playing within the game and Lucy is yeah. taking things up a notch. Because if you'll I notice, like this was not shot. Um, it was not a three camera. I don't think it was in front of an audience. I, it wasn't in front of an audience because there no. were too many sets. And there are too many times when, the, when I noticed that the, the, the audio just kind of dropped out. Mm. There were a couple of times where I noticed that. And it was also, I noticed that with the, the, the laugh track, it just kept going through every scene. So you'd hear, ha, 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 and then you'd go like open the door and you hear, <laughs> like, like that 70s show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the NBC Friday night lineup. Oh, boy. So it is Friday night. You're not going anywhere because where is there to go in 1952? You're going to a sock hop? Malt shop? Malt shop? I would love I'm going to, go to a malt, malt shop. shop. Again, I would love to go anywhere because your girl ain't going in many places. Still. Yeah, I know. Uh, that. I don't know. Um, NBC Friday Night's lineup is the RCA Victor show starring Dennis Day. <laughs> a catch. I don't know. And then the life of Riley. And then we got the big story. Then the Aldrich family. And then Gillette's cavalcade of sports. So there's a lineup of television that I know so nothing it, about. So is the only NBC sitcom on Friday night's life of Riley. Yeah. Or, or I mean, I don't know what the big story I think was news. In that's the Aldrich my guess. Family. I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, that's a good question. I mean, so, but I'm no, like honestly, like the, the, the vibe of like themed nights of television didn't, I don't think really became a thing until like the, uh, the Saturday night CBS, Mary, Bob, mash, et cetera. Night. Um, because like Odd Couple and Brady Bunch aired back to back, which I cannot think of two more diametrically opposed shows. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking up. I'm looking up Aldridge Family. I'm not finding it. Huh. Big hit. Yeah, it doesn't have the cultural cachet of a life of Riley, uh, which you can find two episodes of on Ayo. TV. Uh, two well, out no, hundred nineteen. That just is. You know, there's probably I, like my, like Mike and Joel with MST3K. There's like. Are you a Jackie or are you a William? Are you a Gleason or a Bendix? <laughs> I'm a Gleason. I gotta say, you know, about the writing. This was, this was how many years before um, he did? This was four years before the Honeymooners. Wow. So he was still like struggling Jackie Gleason. Probably was his break. Doing some music, doing some, you know, supporting roles and on like sketch, sketch comedy shows and other shows, but yeah and was it his big break it no. was not Pe- well, people liked what people were like you're not william bendix people wanted to pick up what bendix was putting down bendix uh ended up uh in 1964 um he he sold a pilot with him and martha ray called mm-hmm. bill and martha where they were um two there were a butler and a maid who inherit a hotel and they they wanted to turn it into a, a big hotel and all that stuff. But right before they start shooting, uh, they the, the they're shut down because uh, the production company is like William Bendix's health is not good. Oh no! Be- Bendix is like screw you guys and uh, sues them for two point seven million dollars, which is settled out of court. He sues them in in the fall. And dies of stomach cancer in December. They were right. <laughs> they were right. <laughs> oh no! He, I guess they, they. I guess they won the. He, he got some money out of the lawsuit, but they were right. He he passed away in 1964. Oh, 
the the first place that I ever saw him was I was I was home by myself in 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 high school, and I'm flipping through the channels, and I see the Technicolor Wonder that is Bing Crosby's Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court, and his sidekick is Sir Sagamore, aka Saggy, uh, played by William Bendix in a Prince Valiant wig. <laughs> oh Lord, no one looks good. Robert Wagner doesn't even look good in a Prince Valiant wig because he was Prince Valiant. <laughs> looks very um, bad. And the movie itself is just a very f- like fun, innocuous Bing Crosby bums around Camelot. And wreaks a little havoc, and and that's that. But William Bendix is a, this weird character who doesn't act all that well. Uh, so I'm like looking him up, and he's like, "Oh, his big thing was was this Life of Riley show." <laughs> then, well, and also being the thing, and and being the real life thing. Yeah. Uh, on IMDb, twenty five Riley heads. <laughs> gave this a 6.5 out of 10 is that high low right on the money what would you give it i would give it a seven okay very just because of all the sets <laughs> all the like, locations yes production design work you did a great job <laughs> yes no i don't know i mean i guess like 6.5 sounds right to me again like i am it's gonna be it's hard to get me to hard to get me to give a shit about 50 sitcoms unless it's I love Lucy. Uh, but there were some like nice little chuckles in this, um, like some nice, nice little good zingers. The, the film quality was good because usually with those 50 sitcoms, I'm like, you know, kinescope horrible. Like, yeah, the, the quality ain't good because Lucy's the one that pioneered shooting on film. Um, and so, yeah, like it, it was fine. It was 6.5 is a, is a nice, um, and I don't had know the- if any more exist. I don't know if, if yeah. it, uh, it, 219 episodes, I'm sure some of them are it has around. to be in the public domain. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, uh, who had the must-see performance? Oh, it's it's Riley. It's Bendix. Yeah. Bendix, no- he, he, he does takes to the camera. He, yeah, it breaks the fourth wall. <laughs> all the time. It's, it's a joy. It's wild. Uh, I agree. And lastly, must other people see this episode? Yes, I th- I think that that th- you have to see it to believe it. If we're saying like, oh, he's Ben Grimm, the thing, oh, he's yeah, got that, a family, definitely. he's a big ofy dude, like that should spark your curiosity to be like, what does a what does an ofy dude look like? First off, just look up a picture of William Bendix, and you'd be <laughs> like, oh, that dude, I know exactly what that dude looks like and sounds like. <laughs> if you're um. So similar to how when we watched uh, Leave It to Beaver and discovered that Wolverine's hair is a jelly roll, Ooh. as sported by Wally on Tony Dow in that episode. Tony Dow, all right. Um, we were also discovering the real thing is 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 here in Life of Riley. So I think if you're a Fantastic Four uh, fan and you haven't watched Life of Riley, what are you doing? Read Sue. Did you vote for Babs? <laughs> Johnny. Yes. So uh, how did this go, Ethan? I think that that the, the new Barb is excellent, is wonderful. <laughs> well, Huge you're, fan. You, you are basking in her gore. I mean, I honestly keep like catching myself in the mirror and being like, oh, my God. Oh, I was I, the, I was there right at the at the first time that Barb showed up. Mm-hmm. M- Megan helped with the wigs and makeup. 
Mm-hmm. My spouse. <laughs> um, she's done a couple episodes of of Must Have Seen. Yeah, Dharma and Greg being one. And monsters. And monsters, yes. Monsters. And we 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 all did Batman. And we all did. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. So I mean, uh, I I am. I am curious to know what listen. I would honestly love it if listeners talk to me about anything. And so like, as we've been recording, I've noticed that my camera has, I don't have any lights on. I'm just using outside light. So I literally look like the Riddler from the Batman movie where I'm just, I'm wearing glasses in the dark and a green With shirt. headphones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I look like um, Barbara Gordon. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. Barbara um, Gordon. Yeah, she was a uh, librarian. That is kind of the vibe that I uh, that I go for. Honestly, when I go on Amazon and look, I'm looking for dresses. I'm if I if my reaction is, oh, that's hideous. I I buy it. Now, are you shopping more on eBay or shopping more on Amazon? I'm, a, for, I'm an for, Amazon for, queen for clothes. I'm an Amazon queen. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, hey, this dress was like thirty bucks. Like I. I I don't I try not to buy anything over thirty dollars because your girl has a lot of expensive hobbies, <laughs> <laughs> um, and adding uh, this onto it, uh, yeah. Uh, so I try not to um, buy expensive stuff. Uh, although I am so uh, Halloween and Christmas, we'll yeah. see because I'm like. Uh, I, I'm like trying to figure out if I'm going to host my annual Christmas party as Barb. You know, like I would. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, yeah, it's crazy. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, No, like we all want to see that. Yeah, I know. And I, it's, I'm really excited to like turn a, uh, like a, like a, a velvet Christmas gown kind of eleganza would be really fun. Oh my God. Vera Ellen's dress yes, in white that Christmas. Is, yes. So like yeah. I, I've always at, wanted at the last, Bing, mm. I I want Bing Crosby's look at the end of White Christmas, but now I'm like, I can also wear the Vera Ellen look. You like, can pure, pull like, off the Vera Ellen. It's it's so With it's the, so fun. The high neck. Oh yeah. It's it's seriously also, favorite Christmas movie. My favorite, yes. hands down. We watch it every year. Favorite Christmas movie. Love it. Uh so also like my drag is funny because I really like buying. I also like buying very pretty things and knowing that like it's going on me <laughs> and I look like me. And so that's very funny to me. Um, Do you want to hear a fun little connection? Yeah. Marjorie Reynolds, who played the mom, Peg, was in Holiday Inn <gasps> and sang White Christmas. Oh, but her voice was dubbed. Of course. Yeah. Well, yes. so was uh, Vera Ellen's voice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She was more wow. of a dancer than a singer anyway. And so it what a sense, dancer. What a dancer. I oh, should that's... just, I should, um, th- my Christmas party and I just go through all of Vera Ellen's looks Ooh, <laughs> every from hour that, from or that whatever. Film? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a commentary track of like Christmas where we just watch it and every now and then we just go, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's that's, oh, God, that's oh, gorgeous. No, it's, he, he's so great in that. Was, it is oh, great. I mean, great. honestly, there's drag in that movie when they do the sisters number and they oh, do yeah. it uh, with no homophobia or no, ho- like they just do it straight up. They like go out and they wear like, you know, a sash and a bow on their hair and they do the sisters number. And it isn't like played for like, Ooh, me. like it, it's so yeah. pure and it, confidently masculine. And it's so great. If you watch it closely, Bing Crosby breaks up. 
He yeah. literally breaks character, starts laughing, and they did two takes, one where he did and one where he didn't. And in the, and they're like, no, no, the one where he broke character is literally the best take. That's yeah. the best one. Couldn't keep He couldn't keep it together with Danny Kaye on set. <laughs> and Danny Kaye was, I, I don't want to keep talking about White Christmas, Danny Kaye was a replacement for Donald O'Connor. Right. Who was in O'Connor. Double Crossbones with Hayden, uh, Hayden Rourke. But he got it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, welcome to, you know, a new uh, must have seen TV. Um, Into it. Thanks again to my co-host, Ethan Kay. I mean, you're around. (laughs) You're more than a guest at this point um, for dropping by and talking about the life of Riley with me next time. Who knows what we'll be doing? Uh, and you'll find out then. Until then, I would love to hear from all of y'all. Follow at must haves. So follow at must have CV on Twitter and Instagram. I have no idea how active those are going to be. Um, if you want to actually follow at Brett White and at Barb Hardly on those, because that's where I'm actually active, and I'm going to be posting video from this on those, and also the must have C- Follow all three. I'm just going to take over your feeds. <laughs> um, please rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts, which, oh my God, I actually should have uh oh no um this is fun oh i was gonna open up the email and see if i had any uh mail but whatever we'll do that next time um (laughs) yeah so follow me on twitter at brett white read the words that i write at decider.com uh thanks to acast for hosting this podcast thanks to y'all for listening and you know what i'll you know i'll see you next time on must have seen tv and now we can actually say i'll see you because there's a video part of this and I don't know how many mints are going to be released on the internet, but it exists. Bye (laughs) y'all. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.